0: Nah, but listen, I'm following my dreams, I'm chasing my, my 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 dreams, um accomplishing all my goals. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. For tuning in to yet another week of this can't be life podcast. I am your host, Kay the Rebel. You can find me on only one social media platform, which is Instagram. The podcast page is TCBL Podcast. My personal page is at Kay the Rebel. Questions, comments, inquiries, would like to collaborate in any way? My email address is this can't single letter B L Y F E at gmail.com. I definitely owe my listeners an apology. I think this is probably the longest um, period of absence that I have had, but it it was much needed. And if you're new here, welcome aboard. Um, my old content is 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 good, and if I go away, it's because I'm trying to just find my way and come up with some type of new content. So again, if you're new here, I, I promise I won't disappoint. Um, I'm just a woman who approaches the mic um, and addresses my thoughts, opinions, and emotions with the highest level of transparency. And that is, I think the only thing I have been consistent about with I think in the, um, geez, how many years has it been? It has been five years, six years. That's a damn shame. Anyways, um, my therapist and two faithful listeners have pushed me to get back into podcasting. Again, it was like I went from having no ideas on how to continue my podcast journey to now having so many ideas that I kind of got stuck like, Where do I start? What do I put out first? So I've had content for probably like the past six weeks. I just did not know how to go about it. So um, with all that procrastination, I just was like, hey, there's no better place to start than with me, with myself. So I guess I owe it to you guys to explain what has been going on with me um, while being absent from podcasting. Just know that I had a lot of moments of solitude. I did so much thinking and I've honestly been thinking about like my life and who I am, who I would like to be, where I want to go, what do I even want to be around, what matters to me, what doesn't. I've basically been personalizing my own journey, answering my own questions, consulting with myself about a lot of things that I need to figure out and just figuring out those things literally. Well, for those that are faithful listeners, you know that I've done two episodes in the past about going to therapy and being transparent about my journey um, of therapy and how it impacts my life for the better. Um, in 2019, I had self-reflection and therapy sessions 1.0. In 2021, I dropped self-reflection and therapy sessions 2.0. And you guessed it. This is self-reflection and therapy sessions 3.0 um the 2019 version I don't really think is as fire as it could have been because I still had so much more learning so much more unpacking on um, the 2021 episode though um that was fire for sure um and I actually cried on that episode And in order for me to prep for today's episode, I went back to listen to that episode and I cried again. I think when I cried during that actual episode, it was because it was just so heavy on my heart. But when I cried like a few weeks back in preparation for this episode, I think I cried because I was so proud of myself for conquering that period of my life. And um, so, yeah. Here's to self-reflection and therapy sessions 3.0. But if you're new here, I figured I should just go and run through all of the gems from the last episode 2.0, because I think they're still relevant and they can resonate with someone somewhere. On 2.0, I talked about crying and how it was it was therapeutic for me that year. I cried a lot that year. And anyone that knows me knows I'm not a crier, but I felt like crying wasn't a weakness and that moment, it was like my way of thawing out because I was just so cold and so numb from the traumatic experience I had. I still encourage people to cry it out. You know, um, I talked about I was starting to like solitude again, but I don't think I was really heavy into it um, compared to now. Um, and I also was just really focused on loving myself more and encouraging my listeners at that time to love on themselves more. Um, another big takeaway from 2.0 is I just stress that I think people need to do everything with intent so that you have a true purpose of living and that you're not just existing. And I talked about how we all have an internal radio, you know, especially for those overthinkers like myself, and you can't just stay on one channel or one set of thoughts because then it's like you're being toxic to you. Just look at it this way. If you were riding in a car and 94.5 wants to keep playing the same song over and over again, eventually you're going to change the station. So I think it's the same way when you're dealing with yourself. Um, I told people they should stop watering dead plants. When people or things no longer um, serve you, just walk away. Um, and a big, big, big one also was don't let others' behaviors dictate how you feel about yourself. People will drag you, abuse you, hurt you, or whatever. And a lot of those feelings, I feel like we internalize and then we start feeling negatively about ourselves just because of that emotion tied to that other person. And you got to kind of learn how to separate the two. Um, And the relationships that we have with other people are influenced by the relationships we have with ourselves. Oh, I love that one. But that one isn't a me thing that comes from my therapist. She stresses that a lot. Um, I also talked about how lessons can be learned through awareness and how you don't want to be that person that has sight but no vision. And I think my final gem on 2.0 was that transformation doesn't happen once. It's okay. continuous. You really do have to find yourself over and over again. It's part of your growth. It's part of your journey. So now we can tap into 3.0. Um the things that I have been reflecting on um, what Therapy is doing for me or how it's impacting my life presently. So I guess the lingering question would be, why am I still in therapy two years later? Um, I had a friend from middle school tell me that there was no need to be ashamed if you feel like you need therapy. She told me once, you know, she started therapy that she never stopped. Um, she just changes the frequency of her visits. And um I'm not ashamed, I'm I'm not embarrassed um, to say that I feel like I need therapy. Um, it keeps me grounded. Um, metaphorically speaking, my therapist is like the ways app. She assists me with directions out of how to like get somewhere, but I just choose which route I want to take and how long it will take me to get there. And in 2021, I went to therapy once a week. Then I started doing biweekly. In 2022, I did monthly. Then I took a long three-month break. Then I felt like I needed to be back in therapy again. So I returned to therapy in November of last year, 2022. And now I do sessions every two to three weeks. So... Let's just get to the good stuff because I know y'all don't give a shit about none of that. Here's all of the things that I've just been reflecting about and things I've taken away from therapy. Last year, I learned that I was a people pleaser. And it's funny because I used to call everybody else that without even realizing that I was that. Um, I would allow people to come into my space and kind of take over and, and intervene. I was always being accessible and not saying no. Um, And once that kept coming up in my therapy sessions, you know, I was like, okay, okay, like, you got to fix this. Like, your therapist ain't telling you no lies. Okay, so for starters, I was caring too much about other people. And my therapist just constantly kept saying to me, stop personalizing other people's journey. And I was stuck on stupid for a while and didn't really get what she was saying. And then finally, I just started switching up when and how I showed up for people. It happened pretty organically. And I just didn't give a fuck how they felt about the switch up either. Like, whatever you got going on, I'm here for you. Because that's just the type of person I am. But there's going to be limits. You know, if you're calling me to vent, that's not a problem. But once we hang up the phone, I'm not carrying that with me. I'm not doing it. Um, and I'm no longer concerned because I have my own load to carry and I don't need anybody to guilt me into making me feel like I'm being selfish in those moments. I don't need anyone to try to, um, look at it as like, I don't care or I'm dismissive of other people. That's not it. Um, and I'm sure this topic could be super relatable, whether people want to believe it or not, but once to create boundaries, people who love you and care for you will adjust. There might be a small amount of turbulence, but everything will end up being fine. It'll iron itself out. And in 2022, I didn't lose anybody, really, when I was setting boundaries for myself, except for probably, like, male companions. Um, Everyone else is still present. And um, I'm just on the road to fostering healthy relationships while I've been on the road. Which is a great segue into my next takeaway from therapy this time around. Two to three years ago, I would have looked you dead in your face and said, there's no way you can get along with everybody. Or feeling like I had to have an argument or disagreement with others to test the strength of the relationship or feeling like it's normal to have issues. In all of 2022, I figured out how to have healthy relationships with pretty much everyone. Friends, family, coworkers, business relationships, men I met and exchanged numbers with, even if it didn't go anywhere. Um, I didn't leave 2022 being on bad terms with anyone. I'm still not on bad terms with anyone. Because um, honestly, what does that even mean? Um Language is powerful, I believe so. Just saying that I'm on bad terms with people doesn't even fit into my narrative. Um, either you're going to be in my life or you're not. And the people who are not in my life, you're not in my life for a reason. I don't even want to categorize you as an enemy. Again, because that would be correlated with bad terms. There's no such thing of that because I, don't, I'm, I won't even address that. That is not a part of my journey. It, it doesn't do anything for me. It's not conducive. Um, But for 2023, I've only had two people that I'm okay with never speaking to again. But it's not beef. Um, One is a friend and the other is the first and only guy I ever considered entering a relationship with and was vulnerable with completely in my three years of being single. Um, Those people have made some type of reach out to outreaches to me um in 2023 and um it's just not the same. I don't know if they notice it but it's it's crystal clear on my end. Um I feel like those two individuals are stuck. They have stunted growth and I just can't allow them to be a part of my journey anymore because it isn't conducive to my next chapter in life. You know, I'm in the process of brainstorming and writing next chapter of my life metaphorically speaking I know what it looks like and those two individuals just don't make the cut and it's nothing personal even if either of them listen to this um, again it's nothing personal Um, I'm grateful for the role that they have played and just because I don't consider them valuable anymore doesn't erase their past value or the time stamp that they had um, in my life but Gonna be all the way real with y'all. Um, I would say that the two hardest tasks slash assignments that my therapist has challenged me to complete is one, which is my self-awareness versus my perspective, meaning what I know about me versus how I perceive things when I'm going out and navigating into the world. And that is really a constant battle, but I feel like I'm like mastering it. I've got it down pat now. Kind of like when someone takes the train and rolls off a bicycle, I feel like I've, I've got it. And the second thing is managing my emotions and my triggers. So um, for self-awareness, um, let me get into that. There's this number eight. And anyone who knows me knows that I'm heavily into astrology. And when I get readings, the number eight always shows up. Uh, My fortune cookies always seem to show that number. So after a while, I was like, what does that mean? And I started kind of reading up on numerology. And the number eight is associated with the highest sense of self, your power, your strength and authority um, the number eight also exhibits single-mindedness, good judgment, confidence, and executive skills. The number eight is also in my birth chart. So I took a trip to Dallas for my 36th birthday, and I intended to get the tattoo of the number eight, and the plan fell through that trip. A few other times I said I was going to get it, and it didn't happen, and I feel like the universe knew I had more work to do. But now I'm I'm ready for that tattoo, best friend. So my self-awareness is so through the roof, and I'm amazed at how in tune I am with myself, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, and um, financially. So Now I'm just going to freestyle um, my level of self-awareness, all the things that I've been discovering myself, I would say within the past like six to nine months. Um, I know when and how my anxiety or depression shows up. Um, so far in 2023, I know that I had um, one area of my life, a time that period I was depressed. And I would say that was February and March of this year. Um, I also was able to then realize that I've been depressed plenty other times too, even though I didn't know what it looked like, but um, now I do. I know when like my body needs more of something. I know when my body needs less of something like I'm really mean when I'm deprived of sleep, I'm irritable. Um, I used to be this person that was so good at multitasking and I just used to be like, like, I'm a mom. Like it's like my superpower to be like a multitasker. And now I don't really know how to multitask. I suck at it. Um, I get overwhelmed really easily. And just, it becomes too much for me. Like when I'm overwhelmed, like it makes me angry. I, it's, in, and it's funny because like, um, I, I don't know how over being overwhelmed and, and anger even correlate, but it's my thing. It's part of me is who I am. Um, I think one of my favorite things to do um, while I'm in solitude is to laugh. Like it, it, it really brings me joy. Like sometimes I'd be like, oh, maybe I should get on social media, but social media kind of contributes to at least like 70% of my life. And the other 30% just comes with my everyday interactions with family and friends, or if I'm watching something on TV and I can find humor in it, Um, uh, my kids. And my second favorite thing to do is people watching. And I think that I'm... I'm kind of like giving myself permission to um, let go of some of those introvert traits. I think that's my comfort zone. And sometimes in order for you to change and be the best version of yourself, you got to get uncomfortable. So um, I'm shy. I'm not really good at meeting new people and stuff like that. So um, I would say probably for like the past six to nine months, I've been going a lot of places by myself. When I go by myself, I just sit and watch people. It's like I'm undetected. Um, I could probably be a private investigator because no one even notices me. Like, I just pick up on all kinds of things. And the hum- human beings, like as a species, are very interesting. I mean, listening to this, y'all might think I'm weird, but yeah, it's my thing. People watch everywhere. Um, and a solitude is my favorite, I would say, hobby right now. And it's because it feels habitual for me. And it brings me back to a period of my life where I was the only child for 14 years, you know? um, I've been reflecting upon the fact that I'm really a lot smarter than I give myself credit for. Sometimes I'll be dumbing myself down. It's like, why do I do that? You know? And for the large amounts of strength Perseverance and endurance I have to push through and overcome certain things. I've also come to the realization that I'm a quitter. Um, I give up on things. Like, okay, this isn't working for me. I'm out of here. See ya. You know, I don't feel like trying. I don't have it in me to try, and it's okay, as my purpose Um, but I think the two things that I quit on the most are difficult tasks and people. Um Yeah, the people part for real, for real. Yeah, I don't, I don't have time for for that. Like, I'll just walk away, and I don't think like I'm a quitter because um, I'm, I'm operating all the time out of place of fear. It's just I don't have any more room for disappointment. So like, once we get into that red zone where I feel like. My time is going to be wasted. I'm not going to be making any positive memories with you. You're not going to be adding any value to my life. Just kind of walk away. Just ghosting is my thing. Um, I watch shows about finding love. And I admire those people because I think they're brave. But I've also come to the realization that as much as I admire those who are brave and willing to take a chance on love, that maybe I've become a little bit of would like when it comes to love and while we're speaking on love and like relationships and stuff like that I hate rejection and I avoid it at all costs and even if I'm interacting with men and they might seem like they're kind of interested in me but they're putting the ball in my court and then maybe they're waiting on me to confirm if I'm interested too like I just freeze up and I can't because I just need somebody to tell me that they're sure. I don't want to have to guess if you are unsure because then if you end up telling me that you're unsure, that means that I'm rejected. And then I just said that I don't do well with you. If that makes sense. um, I'll probably never give up on caffeine entirely. I love working from home. I never want to go to an office ever again. I don't like certain music that I used to be in love with. Um, I find myself deleting um, like I was a huge K. Michelle fan. I removed like a lot of her songs, like off of my Apple Music um, library slash playlist. I don't know. I just it doesn't resonate with me the same. I still think she's a dope artist, but I don't. I don't want to listen to that. Um, I am probably one of the best mothers to ever do it, and that is my biggest flub. It is. No one can take that from me. Um, I really do be thinking I'm that bitch sometimes, but then we live in a society where people try to humble you or make you feel like you have to be humble. But no, I'm going to put it on air today. Like, I really am that bitch. Like, all the things that I've overcome. my progression within the past three years, my glow up, all that. I am that bitch. I am. I did that. No handouts, no nothing. Like I did it. So Yeah, I I am that bitch. I have paid the cost to be the boss. I have. Um, I'm very paranoid. And I swear people would attempt to harm me or jeopardize everything I've built for myself. So I keep people at a distance. Sometimes like I'd be skeptical. Like, mm, I don't really know about you. Um, and especially sometimes it's people who aren't in alignment with me. If I feel like you're not on the road to success, like I am, we don't have like the same um, thought process and things like that. Yeah. Those kind of people make me nervous. Cause I figure like, I don't know if I should have my guard down around you. I don't know if you're going to try to do like a sneak attack or, um, Let's just take like broke or like poor people, for instance. Like, I have made a vow that I will no longer be for it people that have less money than me. I refuse to do that or that are less successful than me. And I understand that this sounds absolutely arrogant, but when I look at an individual that has a lot to lose, I can't let them come over here and impact everything I've built up for myself. And because that ties into um, me, I think I'm in love with my progress. Like, I just want to keep going. Every time I get to one finish line, I'm ready to run a new race. And I don't need anybody coming in and, like, putting a rock or a stick so I could trip and fall. Because what if I wasn't able to get up? I can't let anybody come into my space. And do that. Um, I'm realizing that people liked me better when I was broken. And now I don't like being affiliated with broken people. Because I'm realizing that they damage everything. They touch every broken person I've come in contact with. It is no healing those motherfuckers, okay? They will drag you di- down. I want no parts. If I see that you're broken and you not trying to go to therapy, you don't want to do anything to contribute to your healing journey, you got to get the fuck away from me. You will not tear me down at all. Um... I don't really have any childhood trauma except being bullied by kids in school. And I've noticed that that's why I can't relate to a lot of people and be on an island by myself because most of my traumas are from my adulthood and not my childhood. Um, I've been giving myself permission to say that I hate people because it simply means that it's a strong dislike if you look up the word hate in the dictionary. And I don't like a lot of people, I don't, I just don't. and. I don't need to be apologetic about it. I don't if I don't like you. I don't like you. And just like I give people grace. They can feel the same way about me. I'm okay with you not liking me too. You see me and you're thinking this fucking bitch or you see me posting on social media and I irritate you. Unfollow me. Leave. Go on. I don't care. Um, I like when people assume who I am because my... Evolution is ongoing. I'm like a plot twist, okay? So anything that you think you know, you probably do not know. And that's my self-awareness. I know I got a little carried away. Now, when it comes to my perspective, you know, because like she said, I needed to be aware of myself so that way I can alter my perspective when I'm out and about in the world. And I think that's kind of why I do the people watching. Um, I'm able to, like, size people up off of, like, one or two conversations, understand how they're thinking, or or when they think a certain way, instead of just judging them or forming an opinion or a thought, I really have to break down, like, what is actually happening, you know, and the only way that I'm really able to tap into all perspectives and not just my own is that I remove emotion from a lot of situations that I form a thought or an opinion about. And I operate from a place of logic, you know, critical thinking skills and and open-mindedness. And a lot of people don't have that skill. They aren't able to um, possess it. And it's because their emotions are bigger than their logic. And it's very hard to convert that to your logic being bigger than your emotions. So even super emotional people that are always triggered um, I remember they used to really annoy me now they don't. I completely understand where they're coming from and I watch them well. So back to the second big task that I needed to complete in therapy, and that was managing my triggers and emotions. Um, I won't get into my triggers because I feel like that's redundant and I already did that on a couple of episodes back. Um, on an episode called Triggers, um, featuring Bam from the Bam Laphilia podcast. podcast. Um, so you can check that out if you want to learn about some of my triggers. Um, but I'm a very emotional person. And although my sign is Sagittarius and my rising is in Sagittarius, my moon is in Cancer. And I think everybody knows that cancers are super emotional. I think I've always been emotional, but I spent years fighting it. And it was because I allowed others to dehumanize me and make me feel guilty or penalize me for having feelings and tapping into my emotions. Those kind of people are dangerous. And if you have anybody that's always using the term such as you're always in your feelings, get out your feelings, that's abuse. You don't accept it from them. You need to have people in your life that allow you to process what you're feeling, even if they don't agree, even if they don't see it that way. Let someone have their emotions. It's theirs. It's personal. So For me, um, I sit in my emotions and I analyze them and I understand them. So that way I don't even have to have my emotions or my triggers impact others because I know how to deal with it independently. Um, I also tell myself all the time that everything that I feel is indeed real for me. For me. And it is not real for other people. Emotions are personal. The moment you stop correlating them with other people all the time, you can manage them. But that's the tricky part, especially if you're someone who's triggered often. For example, being forgotten is a trigger of mine. I had someone that I was interacting with and they use red receipts and they left me on red for 48 hours. And I was like, I don't like it. Ouch. It's a sting for me. Um, and at that moment, I analyzed the emotion and I was like, it's pretty apparent, you don't care. I'm not a thought in the moment. You can go a whole 48 hours and of communing or just leaving me on read like oh yeah whatever and so when it became a trigger of mine, I'm just like is this gonna work for you emotionally if you keep communicating with this person and I was like probably not it's a gamble it doesn't seem like my emotions would thrive in that kind of environment and I want to feel the, the the bad stuff and the good stuff but I think there needs to be some type of balance but if I feel like I'm not going to get triggered by you. That's not going to work. Now, two years ago, I would have went out of my way to tell them it wasn't cool and just tapped into my emotions. And I would have been operating completely out of um, my moon sign cancer and dumped it all on them. And then in the process of managing my emotions and that trigger, I was like, it's not even that big of a deal. Um, move on. It's a feeling. That feeling can pass if you give yourself permission to. And let's focus on what is really meaningful. And is this person meaningful? Is their interactions meaningful? Like I asked myself all those questions. When I kept saying no, then I was like, then why the hell are we even tapping into this emotion due to that trigger? We're wasting our time. Let's move on to something else. And in that moment, I had the power to choose. That's exactly how I want to conclude this episode. Which is, um, I would say how last time the biggest thing that I said about my my parting word on 2.0 was that, you know, transformation is ongoing. Like, you got to keep doing it over and over again, rediscovering yourself. So I think the thing that I want to stress more than anything, I don't know what y'all took from this episode, but the thing that I want to stress the most, the theme behind everything I think feel, have an opinion about is that I have the power to choose and that there's so much freedom in that. Um, and it's it's just a model for me in this chapter of my life, you know, and I want you guys to feel the same way. You have the power to choose any and everything, what time you get up in the morning, the type of job that you, that you do, the type of partner you want to be, what you're going to eat, how many times you work out, um, when you're going to travel, whatever, you do have the power to choose. In every single thing that you do, every single thing that you feel, every single thing that you see, you have the power to do. Um, Again, I don't know if, if you took anything from this, but I hope someone did. I'm pro-therapy. I want folks to get out there and get them some. I think therapy is life-changing. It's transformational. And it's just essential when you're navigating through life. And that's my time. I'm out. Peace.